Welcome in to the Paul Kuharski Podcast. I'm Paul Kuharski of paulkuharski.com. Mentioned my name three times, win an award, ready to talk Titans with you. Today, we're going to talk about Christian Fulton, what people have been saying about him and what we can kind of imply about the cornerback who's been playing pretty well through camp so far. Are the expectations for Chig Aconquo too high? I think they might be. Um, and is there maybe a wide receiver development developing? Plus, me on the radio? Could be happening. Stay tuned. Let's dive right into what's going on here. Uh, after five training camp practices, recording on Wednesday night as the Titans get ready to get back on the field. On Thursday, um, there's hope all around this team right now. Nothing bad has happened. Um you know, offensive line is a question mark. But outside of that, a lot of good stuff going on for a team uh, at this early stage, which is as it should be. Um, they need the Bears game to arrive. That's August 12th. There's seven practices between now and then. Two of them are walkthroughs. Um, and then they need the joint practices to arrive. Those are in Minnesota against the Vikings. Uh, first one of those is August 16th. Is what Mike Vrabel and Shane Bowen are saying about Christian Fulton right now um, telling us some hints about what they have thought about him in the past? I, I think so. So let's look at a couple of these things. Let's listen to a couple of these things and see what we can take from them. Here's uh, let's start with Vrabel. Be, be, be good in the multiple coverages that we're asking him to play. And, you know, again, just his physical to me, he just, you know, and again, there were times last year early on just from his, his rehab and, and things that he was going through. He just looks physically, he looked better. Physically, he looked, I saw him this morning at breakfast. So, you, you know, you at your weight, you know, we're monitoring that. And those are things, you know, we have guys that have different problems than, than the head coach. They have trouble, you know, keeping weight on. And so, you know, we monitor that and, and making sure that for these hot days that they're eating and Lauren and Frank and Todd are on top of that. So, you know, that's part of, you know, I think Christian just his overall strength and his size that he can be 195 pounds and still be, you know, athletic and still be able to, to, to run and, and, and transition. So, you know, so far so good. So here's a couple of the things I'm hearing here. Um, Vrabel wants him to be good in the multiple coverages they play. That suggests to me that maybe um, Fulton hasn't been as good with the multiplicity as, as they would have liked in the past. Physically, he's talking about how he looks better. So uh, that suggests that they haven't been happy with how he's looked physically. Now we know he's missed a lot of games with physical ailments but I think he's comparing him to how he's looked at the start of camp before. Um, and, and they haven't been satisfied with how he's come in. That's an issue Fulton's tried to address with his offseason training um, in dealing with uh, the soft tissue injury potential by dealing with some guys in Miami who've dealt with, uh, with people like LeBron James. So we'll see if that, if that pays off. Can he hold up? is is probably the biggest Christian Fulton question. 
Um, he ran with DeAndre Hopkins at practice on Tuesday on a deep ball up the left side from Ryan Tannehill that fell incomplete. And he came up limping, the kind of limp that suggests like a hamstring tweak. He was quickly back on the field for field goal uh, stuff where he's part of the block team, I think. But, um, you know, guys often play through something like that. They have walked through on Wednesday. They're back on the field on Thursday. Um, you know, if there's any uh, – if he, if he doesn't practice for some reason or is limited in practice on Thursday, we'll be able to trace it back to that moment. Hopefully it's nothing, um, but, you know, there's a tendency for it with him in particular to be something. So we'll look back at that moment. People have their fingers crossed. Obviously, we're not on the inside. We don't know. Maybe it's absolutely nothing now. Maybe he's spent today um, having it stretched, having it iced, having it stemmed. All of that stuff. Now, here is um, Shane Bowen, the defensive coordinator. More on Christian Fulton. Uh, I think he came back ready to go. Um, I think this is probably the best shape he's been here, uh, been in since he's been here. Um, looks stronger, looks more physical, looks in condition. Um, I think the addition of Hopkins is, is huge for him, too, just the competition aspect of it. Again, it's, it's always been for Christian, and we tell him this, it's the consistency, right? Play in and play out. And to have that competition play in and play out out here in practice, um, it requires a high level of focus, right? To be able to go out and execute and do what we're asking him to do and ultimately end up winning your one-on-one versus a guy like that. So um, hopefully that continues with him. He's, he's off to a great start right now. It's a big year for him. He knows that. We know that. Um, so hopefully it continues. Another version here, this one from Bowen, on uh, the best shape, which feels like a knock on Fulton's conditioning previously. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but uh, consistency requires a high level of focus, which I'm hearing, again, reading between the lines. Maybe there's a, a perceived lack of focus by the coaches previously, before, where um, – you know, he would make good plays, but then have lapses. And that's a focus issue. And they want that focus to be better. Fulton's a mystery man here, right? Getting 17 games out of him is a challenge based on his injury history and his future's up in the air. You know, more injuries going to doom him with the Titans for sure, the way it doomed David Long. Um, and, and, Three quarters of his resume for the Titans is already written on this first contract. There may be more than he can overcome there already. And if he has a great year in his contract year, well, <coughs> excuse me, other teams may value that more than the Titans because the Titans do a pretty good job at looking at the four-year body of work as opposed to um, the most recent element of that work which will have come after they hounded him about the soft tissue injuries and the like. Um, and they don't seem to put a huge premium or huge price on the cornerback the position, maybe a, maybe a huge draft price in the draft resources they've spent on the position, given that he was a second rounder, Caleb Farley, who's busting was a first rounder. Roger McCreary is a second rounder. Elijah Molden was a third rounder. But dollar value, they have not spent a great deal of money there. 
Let's move on to tight end. Chig Conquo. Uh, I was listening to the radio today in Nashville, and somebody very casually threw off that, that they thought that, that that Chig could be a top five tight end in the league this year. And I got home and started to look at the top five tight ends from last year. And I think this is uh, kind of a somewhat careless, frivolous, non-researched uh, opinion. Loose. First off, uh, the tight ends. And everybody, when you talk about receiving, it's generally done by receptions. I, I don't, maybe he was talking yards or touchdowns, but if you punch in leading receivers into into Google, what you get back are uh, the rankings by reception, and that's how I'd look at it. For Chigakonkwo to be a top five tight end using the stats from around the league last year, he'd have to more than double his thirty-two catches from his rookie season, 2022. Now, yardage-wise, he could do it more easily. He would only need 170 more yards. Um, but even at his final pace for the last seven games of last year where the Titans finally woke up, Todd Downing finally woke up and got him the ball, he would have wound up with 58 yards, six, uh, 58 receptions, excuse me, 675 yards and five touchdowns. And that 58 yards wouldn't have put him a uh, 58 receptions, excuse me, would not have put him in the top five um, receiving tight ends in the league. Kelsey had 110. Hawkinson had 86. Andrews had 73. Ingram had 73. Higby had 72. Next best was Fryermuth with, with 63. So, you know, Delaney Walker in his second best season was, uh, so in his best season in 2005, he had 94 catches, 1,088 yards, tremendous. He was the top tight end in the league that year, and he was ninth overall in the league in receptions. In his second best season, he was 10th in tight end receptions and fourth in yards. Now, there are some tight end catches to be spread around this year. Hooper had 41 last year, and Swain had 12. That's 53 catches that need to be redistributed. they got to give some to Trevon Wesco, some to Josh Wiley. I don't think a lot. Alize Mack might make the team. Kevin Rader. Um, they're not getting 53 catches amongst them by any means. But they need more for Hopkins who's a volume guy, DeAndre Hopkins. They need more for Burks. They need more for Phillips. Um, and so I don't know how more of those are certainly going to go to Chig, but not all of them. Um, so I, I think it'd be hard pressed to be a top five uh, receiver. The Titans still are not going to throw the ball. They'll throw the ball more than they did last year, I think, but still, uh, and we'll get to this going to be a Derrick Henry centric team. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think a Conquo could have a much bigger year than last year and still fall well outside of uh, the top five um, tight ends in the NFL and still have a big year for the Titans and a year that we are all excited about. I'm happy to share. And I shared on Twitter, I'm going to call X Twitter. I hope most people are going to stick with that and not let Elon Musk uh, tell us what to call his product since he's being a jerk about it. 
I'm going to be on the radio for a couple weeks here, joining Joe Rexroad on 102.5 The Game. Robbie Stanley, congratulations to him. He and his wife have a new baby daughter, and he's going to be on paternity leave for a couple weeks. And uh, they're kind enough to ask me to fill in. So I will be on Robbie and Rex Road on 102.5 The Game in Nashville from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. starting Thursday. What is it? August 3rd for a stretch. I hope you'll tune in. If you don't regularly listen to those guys, you should. It's the best show in town. I'll be a part of that for a couple weeks. And I'm sponsored by Nashville Grass 365 on there. Um, they can help you with uh, your backyard or the area surrounding your pool. It will help you eliminate getting grass in your pool. Pet turf, if uh, if you've got dogs or whatever, animal, playground or a high traffic area, you should check them out. They're at nashville.grass365.com, and you'll be hearing about them during my time on the game. I look forward to being back on the airways, finally taking some calls. So you hear a lot more Titans talk. That's uh, Paul Kuharski as a guest on Robbie and Rex road, one Oh two five, the game from six to nine AM starting on August 3rd. I usually do a spot with them Wednesday mornings at eight on the receiver front. And we've talked plenty about DeAndre Hopkins and Traylon Burks. Hopkins looks really good, really solid. Spent a lot of time with Tannehill trying to, to learn things. Um, and, and Burks still talking very confidently looks good when the ball goes his way. Um, it's the back end receivers where there's some curiosity about which direction this team is, uh, is ultimately going to, to head. I, you know, right now I'd put five on the roster, Hopkins, Burks, Kyle Phillips, Chris Moore, Nick Westbrook, Akine. Um, I'm not a Racy McMath guy, but right now I could see Reggie Roberson maybe pushing Racy McMath for the speed job. We'll get back to him. Colton Dow would probably be next for me. Treshawn Harrison, undrafted rookie, is showing pretty well. Mason Kinsey, I just think time's up. If he couldn't get on the field, uh, you know, last couple of years with the receiver injuries, I don't see why now. Kiaris Jackson, um, Gavin Holmes. And they cut on Wednesday Jacob Copeland to make room for a, <clears throat> an additional center. Maybe there's an injury somewhere uh, on the offensive line depth. Roberson has been making some plays and, and most importantly, showing off his speed while doing so. He made some plays for Will Levis, a free piece up um, on Levis, and you can read about his good Monday and Tuesday this week. Roberson made plays for him on a full field drive, a deep ball along the way, and then a touchdown catch. Roberson uh, didn't impress enough last year. Uh, was on the practice squad for a while. He ran a 4-4-2 at his pro day, undrafted, coming out of SMU. As a sophomore there, he had 803 yards and six touchdowns in eight games, and a foot injury ended his season. Then in 2020, he had a non-contact knee injury towards ACL. You wouldn't have thought it would have still been a thing uh, to, 
to factor in in 2022. Maybe it was. We, we know all these ACL stories are different. It certainly shouldn't be a factor for him now. And he's showing off his, his speed. Titans are lacking speed in the wide receiver group. So maybe it helps his case. Um, and I think he's shown rather well so far. So uh, everybody's always looking for a wide receiver story. I try to downplay what wide receivers do in training camp because every year we talk a lot about wide receivers um, who are productive in training camp and then wind up not doing much. But there's your wide receiver for the moment. Treshawn Harrison also has has done some some good things. Uh, Jacob Copeland was the other undrafted this year who people had high hopes for out of Maryland, and he's already uh, off off the team as a guy that's cut when they needed to find room to make an addition. Uh, those of you watching on YouTube who know me for a long time might be asking if this is in fact the master's shirt. And you are correct. This is the master shirt that caused such a stir that uh, Rhett Bryan back at, uh, at the zone, our musical director on the midday 180 wrote a song about the shirt. It, it caused such a stir when I wore it to Augusta. Um, you also know, maybe, that I'm big on the side effects of the medications that are advertised so frequently and constantly during our TV viewing. And I'm fascinated by QVivic, an insomnia drug that is being advertised a lot. Now, I, I've dealt with insomnia some, and I know how miserable it is to not sleep. But I don't know that I would take a drug where they list one of the side effects as the temporary inability to move or speak. I would want to sleep very badly, but I do not know that I would be willing to face in exchange for sleeping the temporary inability to move or talk. Wouldn't trade paralysis for sleep. How about you? Um, we talked about the receivers, about the offense, about Chigakonkwo and how many more passes might go his direction, how many more receptions he might have. We've talked, uh, and the buzz around camp has been very much about the passing offense because DeAndre Hopkins has arrived, because Ryan Tannehill's looks so sharp, because there are so many updates and desire, so much desire for updates about Will Levis about Malik Willis that we've forgotten to a degree about a certain guy who remains the centerpiece of this team. Um, and so I, I think it's important that we stay grounded about how grounded the Titans offense will still be. And Tim Kelly uh, took an opportunity this week to kind of speak to that. You know, foolish of me to, 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 to not play to our strengths, you know what I mean? And, and obviously having Derek here, um, we, we got to make sure that, that we're putting him in the best spot to be able to continue to have the, the high level of success that he's had throughout his career. Uh, so, you know, that, that's something that we're working on as a staff, and that's something that we're not going to forget is, is understanding who we are and, and kind of what the backbone is of, of our identity. Speaking about the backbone of the Titans identity, Derek Henry, I wrote a piece this week, kind of had a little bit of fun 
asking a lot of people, including Derek, how many five-year-olds it would take to tackle him. This was spurred by a good mailbag question I got from one of you. Uh, and I credited the, the gentleman who, who asked it. My exchange with Mike Vrabel um, over, over this question apparently was on SportsCenter and on uh, NFL Network Total Access. Um, so always happy to be providing content for the networks who, who don't get it for themselves. But, uh, I, you know, I'm not doing a lot of wild and crazy stuff, and I, I tend to do more serious stuff. colleague or two giving me shit for doing it. Uh, but I, I am unapologetic. I thought it was a funny question, and it, so it elicited a lot of funny answers. My answer was uh, 36, I believe. Uh, a lot of you offered your answers in comments to the story on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, and I'd still be curious um, to hear what's going on there. Tim Kelly reminding us that Derek Henry – remains a centerpiece of the offense. Arden Key may wind up being a centerpiece of this defense. He's just been really, really problematic so far for the offense. It's been a popular question. How much of it is Key being excellent? How much of it is maybe Andre Dillard not being excellent in the Titans offensive line? I think that's an interesting question. But Mike Herndon wrote an excellent piece at paulkuharski.com with a lot of film clips showing what Key has done um, in his previous stops in uh, with the Raiders, with the 49ers, with the Jaguars. Some of these clips against the Titans with the Jaguars is very disruptive in, in two games against Tennessee last year, two games that kept the Titans out, out of the playoffs. Um, but I encourage you to go read this. And if you're not a member of the site, um, my piece on Will Levis from early this week and Mike's piece on Arden Key are both not behind the membership wall. You're invited to read them for free. Um, and in both of them is an advertisement for you to then come join the site at 25% off for a yearly membership. These are the kind of things you'll get if you're a member. So I hope it uh, heightens your appetite, if you will. We're in the in the prime now of getting good uh, Titans information and insight. Here's some of what you're missing by not being a member. Go read these pieces, enjoy, and uh, and then click the button and come become a part of things with this uh, site sale. I encourage you to come. Come along for the ride. The kickers are a very interesting storyline, though I don't think there's going to be much separation here between the two of them. Caleb Shudak and Josh Wolf have both looked good. Um, Wolf has kicked um, a bit more, I believe. Um, they've only missed two kicks each. Wolf has a bigger leg. And I'm feeling better about him than I was back during uh, OTAs and um, and minicamp because I felt then like the ball didn't sound consistently good coming off of his foot. I do think it sounds better now. So if all things were equal between the two of them, uh, you know, I think Wolf would be the guy. <clears throat> Bigger leg, more consistently. They both hit from over 50 52 and 54 
Wolf hit, you know, I think from 54 and hit it well, but, but, you know, low, low trajectory. It would have been good for more than 54, but also would have been a chance to block it. And I think Wolf's, Wolf's kick maybe was from 52, came out uh, a little bit higher, which is important. I don't think there's going to be a, a great deal that separates them in these practice situations. Mike Vrabel wants to manufacture as many situations in the three preseason games as he can for them, but he's also not going to sacrifice situations where his offense can, can work to go downfield to get touchdowns. Um, and so, you know, are these guys going to get sufficient high pressure chances, high pressure in quotation marks, it's a preseason game, but you know, it's pressure for them to go win the job. Are they going to get those chances in preseason sufficiently? I don't know. But I, I think this come, comes down to more of a mental thing between these two guys. I'd start mind-gaming them. I mean, you want to test what they're going to be like under mental strain. And I understand that mental strain is really about running out there with a crowd and, and a team yelling at you. Um, but there are other ways to see what a guy's mental uh, – strength is like and um i wonder if you don't have to test that any way you can given that you're not going to be able to test it as frequently under the football circumstances as you would like to so you put some consequences on some kicks at practice and then maybe i don't know you go special ops in in the building as well um i i don't have uh what those mind games would be, but I think Mike Vrabel would be pretty good at playing them. Harold Landry's uh, ACL recovery looks like it's going really well. He told us when he talked that, you know, he was so far along that his, his um, spring and summer stuff wasn't just about rehab. It was also about football improvement. And that that's super encouraging to hear. He hasn't, you know, needed days off early here. Uh, he's on a much better calendar than than the people before him because his ACL tear happened, you know, uh, just a week before last year's season opener. So he he's going to be a year and a week removed from this on opening day. Here's Shane Bowen about Harold Landry. Um, wouldn't know that he had missed time for an ACL. He he and. For me, really, I kind of expected that with him, um, just with how he works, how he trains, how he pushes himself in the off season. I knew he was doing that with rehab. Um, haven't missed the beat. Um, see all the things I saw from him prior to the injury. So really optimistic about where he's at right now and where he's going to go. Timetable is way worse for Bud Dupree for Robert Woods, for Taylor Lewan. That doesn't mean this goes smoothly and everything, though the Titans seem like in the in the luck department on, a, on an ACL recovery, they're due for a, a better, quicker, cleaner, less complicated one, and, and maybe that'll be Harold Landry. Um, so we can hope. I am brought to you, as you can see over here on the YouTube screen, and you can hear me talking about on all the all the podcast platforms by Jaspers, an excellent bar and restaurant on West End Avenue in Nashville. Uh, great food. I'm a big fan of the bolognese and the Cuban sandwich, but uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff on that menu I'd still like to try. 
great cocktails, beer, um, and uh, you park there for free, which is a hard thing to find in Nashville anywhere. Um, free game room, too. You play Papa Shot, uh, air hockey, um, and, and a bunch of other games in there. Um, great service, great people, great place for a business lunch. Uh, you can catch up on some, some reading if you need. You can take a date or your, uh, or, or your family um, for, for dinner. Can't go wrong at uh, at Jasper's. I, I really enthusiastically endorse um, spending some time there. And there's grab and go market. Um, also got clever stuff if you've got people in from out of town looking for some some Nashville souvenirs or the like. A place um, that uh, that they would enjoy for sure. So check it out, Jasper's on West End near uh, downtown. One of my favorite spots. Offensive line, obviously, is the biggest concern that this team has going on right now. And they need to figure out the right tackle spot, obviously. Jamarco Jones feels like the guy at the head of the line there. He had a day off out of these five days. He got thrown out of a practice pretty early. So, and he he hasn't been, you know, the clear-cut guy at the head of the line on the days that he's been out there. Chris Hubbard. Um, you know, signed very early, um, you know, but right before things got started. Um, another veteran possibility. I, I've got the sense that Andrew Rupsich um, and, and the undrafted rookie, John uh, Ajukwu, uh, haven't been bad. Um, I don't have as much a feel for Jalen Duncan, the sixth-round draft pick. But uh, that's a list of five guys battling for that spot. So that's been the, the most talked about spot on the offensive line. But we need to be conscious, too, of Andre Dillard and Daniel Brunskill. So the, the three primary new guys, Dillard, Brunskill, and Skaronsky. Well, Skaronsky is the 11th pick in the draft. You know, there are high expectations for him. I think he's looked pretty good. And I won't be surprised if he gets a, a shot at, at left tackle if Dillard doesn't uh, doesn't work out. This is a long drawn out process here. We need to see game action beyond uh, beyond what we're seeing in practice. But Dillard has has been abused by Key in stretches, and Brunskill, you know, Dillard at least you could expect to be better than Dennis Daly, who was you know one of the worst offensive linemen we've seen in these parts. Brunskill, you know, it is not by default better than Nate Davis, who he's replacing. Nate Davis didn't have a good finish, but Nate Davis over the course of his four years with the Titans was a pretty good guard. At his best, he was, uh, you know, a, a better than good guard. And Daniel Brunskill last year wasn't a starter for San Francisco, so uh, that's not an upgrade. That's a, a downgrade. And, you know, at some of these practices, it's looked like it might be a substantial downgrade. Um, you know, he's got time. He's a smart veteran. Um, I've talked with him and he comes across great. But these are spots certainly uh, to keep an eye on as things go forward. Um, and there's certainly a lot, a lot to see still. I've enjoyed talking to some fans <clears throat> at the open training camp, open in uh, in quotation marks because it's open to people who have gotten tickets 
to the, uh, I think it's five open practices or other practices where there are sponsors or kids teams or things, things like that um, on the sidelines. Look, there's, there's not a big enough footprint there to have, you know, the old school and anybody can come thing now because uh, they needed to, to build uh, more housing for their employees. Um, but it's unfortunate they can't be at Nissan Stadium. Nissan Stadium's got a lot of concerts going on still. And then uh, the, the F1 race that comes to town uses the, the front of Nissan Stadium as, and that road um, as part of its course. And so they turn over the building um, there. That's unfortunate. Um, you know, and then next year that, that parking lot is, is going to be uh, under construction. So that'll make it difficult. Um, that race, race won't be there, I wouldn't imagine, but uh, unless they redesign the course. But, you know, they did have a couple of years where they went to Centennial High School um, over here in, in Cool Springs or Brentwood or, or Franklin. And, um, you know, I think people really enjoyed those. Uh, my recollection is that the grass there wasn't great the first year and that concerned the Titans. And then the second year, they kind of invested in taking care of that grass in the lead up to that practice, which is a lot of extra work for them for one 90 minute or two hour practice. So that's unfortunate, but I, I do think it would be worth their while to, uh, to get out for another Friday night lights practice next year and to, to, to uh, allow a bigger occasion where the fans could mingle with them in a, uh, in a bigger setting with kind of unlimited access to them because I know not enough people got tickets to these things. Some of the people I talked to, you know, were connected or had a friend or whatever, said they wouldn't have been here under regular circumstances and they're disappointed. And, uh, you know, there are people who can't necessarily afford tickets to games or had been coming, you know, every chance they could when the Titans used to have a more open, open setting and it means a lot to them. So I, I'm with you. I'm sympathetic to that. I'll uh, I'll make sure it's heard on, on the inside. And I think they're well aware that it's a disappointment. It's just kind of a necessary trade-off with, uh, with what they had to do on their property there. And there's also, it's not just that they can't fit people there, but the places they used to park people are no longer available um, because the buildings that rented them, the parking spots, are now occupied. Uh, with corporations that have people parking there. So uh, it's unfortunate. Um, and I know you'd like to see them. So me telling you that a lot of the practices are boring, um, you know, I'm at all of them. So it's different. And I know, I know you'd like to be there, and I feel badly that you can't be. My thanks again to Jaspers. My thanks to you for being here. Please continue to stay tuned. Again, paulkuharski.com is on sale right now. Visit the site. Read what you can. You get um, video access to me, too, in group chats, which are uh, a great deal of fun. Everything that Mike Herndon writes, Blake Bettingfield will be back with scouting previews and reviews that are unlike anything else you can get anywhere. If you're a real Titans fan, you need to be a member of this site. I appreciate you very much and ask that you do not block the box. 
but that you are sure to lock your locks.